are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Not many years ago, I got the dictionary that I use, got a pair of scissors, and cut out two words. I don't want them in my dictionary. I don't want them in my vocabulary. So I got a pair of scissors, cut them out. One word is quit. Quit. There's nothing quite so detestable to me as a quitter. There's nothing quite so nauseating to me as a quitter. The one who puts his shoulder to the wheel, gets weary and tired and turns back. I cut it out of my dictionary. I don't want it there. The other word is compromise. I do not want the word compromise in my dictionary. One of the saddest stories in all the Bible to me is the story of John Mark. When Barnabas and Saul, later to become Paul and Barnabas, departed from Antioch on their first missionary journey, they took with them a young man whose name was John Mark. He's the same Mark who wrote the book of Mark in the Bible. And he went with them to the island of Cyprus and on to a place called Pamphylia. Pamphylia was a coastal town, sort of. And between Pamphylia and the next stop, Antioch and Pisidia, there, was, there were some dangerous mountain passes. Everyone listening. Everyone listening. No one talking. There were some dangerous mountain passes. Whether John Mark was afraid to go through those mountain passes or, or not, I do not know. Perhaps John Mark was homesick, and that's why he turned back. I do not know. Maybe there was some contention between John Mark and Barnabas and Saul. I do not know. But for some reason unknown to any Bible student, John Mark, a young man, left the party and went home. He started, but didn't finish. He began, but didn't follow up. He was a quitter. He put his shoulder to the wheel, but turned back. If he was homesick, I'm sorry, that's not excuse enough to cause anybody to turn back. Was he afraid? That's not excuse enough to cause... Listen, brother, the thing that ought to cause us to fear is turning back. Ten thousand times rather fear the chastening hand of God than to fear the critical nature or the sword of man. Why John Mark returned, I do not know. But he went back home to Jerusalem, which was his hometown, leaving Barnabas and leaving Saul and quitting. He sinned against five people or things when he did. First, he sinned against his mother. John Mark had a good mother. Her name was Mary. The Christians met in the home of John Mark. By the way, it was to John Mark's home, or the home of Mary, that Peter returned when he was... When he was uh, uh, miraculously delivered from prison in Acts chapter 12 and verse 12. Peter came back to the home of Mary where John Mark 
had been reared. John Mark had a godly mother. He sinned against his mother. Listen to me. Anytime a young person starts out for God and turns back, that young person sins against his mom and dad. That mother. Can you imagine how that mother must have felt? Ah, oh, the day when she said, my boy is going to, he's going to be a missionary. And that day when she, she saw John Mark go with Barnabas and Saul, and the hands were laid, and Mary was so happy and proud. Can you imagine how she felt when she opened the door one day and saw John Mark at the door? What are you doing here? Oh, my mother, I quit. Well, son, you are a mission. I know, but I quit. If I were to quit this morning, if I were to lay, lay down my Bible and quit, there's a little lady that weighs about 110 pounds in this room that's my mother. I'd sin against my mother. I'd sin against everything she ever taught me. I'd sin against those days she sacrificed for me. I'd sin against her, her teachings and against her training and against all the things that she did. I'd sin against my mother. When you put your hand... Listen, some of you college students this morning, you're homesick. You want to go back home. Want to turn back. In God's dear name, if you do, if you do, you will be a dirty coward. You will be a quitter. Don't you stop. Don't you turn back. Keep on going. Keep on moving. It's but I'm homesick. Brother, there's not a person in this building this morning or not a student in this college who is any more homesick than I was 14 years ago today. Not a one of you. Not a one of you. But there's no place to turn back. John Mark would have sinned against his mother. That isn't all. If John Mark, when John Mark turned back, he sinned against his uncle. John Mark's uncle was Barnabas. It was with Barnabas that John Mark went on the first missionary journey. And John Mark sinned against his uncle, his uncle Barnabas, who was a great Christian. His uncle Barnabas, who was a sacrificial man. His uncle Barnabas, who had invested his life in John Mark. Let me say, somebody's invested their lives, their life in you too. Yea, many somebodies. As I look back over my life, I stop and think of all of those who invested themselves in me, and all of those who placed a bit of their life and their time in me. I was thinking last night, as I was thinking about John Mark sinning against his uncle, I have an uncle in heaven today who was very dear to me, my Uncle Harvey. He was uh, married to my mother's sister, Aunt Jimmy. Uncle Harvey helped me in college. After he helped me get my first car I ever owned, he helped, in, so he helped us build our first building in, uh, in uh, Garland, Texas. He helped us in so many ways. We were in Texas, and, and I went to his bedside. He was, he was dying with a stroke. I went to his bedside late at night, and I walked in the room, and his, only da no, his daughter, Dorothy, was there, and Uncle Harvey didn't recognize Dorothy. She said, Daddy, Daddy! But there was no answer. Harva Janelle, his other daughter, came, oldest daughter, came, and said, Daddy, this is Harva. And Uncle Harvey didn't say a word, just stared in his face in a coma. His son, Rupert, the oldest child, came in and said, Dad, this is Rupert. But there was no response from Uncle Harvey. I went over to the bed. The nurse looked at me, and she said, You must be his favorite nephew. And I said, I'm more than that. I'm his buddy, and he's my pal. And though he did not even look or speak to his own children, he looked up at me and smiled and squeezed my hand. And the angels came and took his spirit to the presence of Christ. Oh, I would want to sin against my uncle. I would want to sin against the one who helped me, who tried to put me, helped put me through school, and who, who helped build my first church, and who stood by me in the darkest hours of my life. I wouldn't want to turn back. And one reason I plan to stay in the battle and not quit and not turn back. 
because they're those who've invested their lives in me. Oh, my young friends, somebody loves you enough to give their lives and their time for you. Don't turn back. John Mark got scared, maybe. Maybe he was lonely. Maybe he was homesick. He turned back, but he sinned against his uncle. That isn't all. He sinned against his pastor. Peter had won John Mark to Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13, Peter speaks about John Mark as being his son, his own son. What does it mean? Tom, uh, Peter was to John Mark what I am to you, and John Mark was to Peter what you are to me, my son in the ministry. And uh, if Tom Smith ever turns back, he'll sin against Jack Hiles. And if I ever turn back, I'll sin against J.C. Sizemore, my old pastor. And when John Mark turned back and left Barnabas and Saul and said, I'm homesick, I'm going to go home. Or I'm tired, I want to go rest. Or I'm scared, I want to go back where there's safety. John Mark sinned against his mother. He sinned against his uncle. But he also sinned against his pastor. Friday night, about a little before midnight, I screamed in my office. Literally screamed in my office alone. Thursday night I've been here till nearly midnight counseling. And I've never, I don't the problems and the sins and the heartache and the tears. I've turned my back to my face to my wall this week more than I have in my life and wept and wept and wept and said in God's name, uh, help our people to stand true and to do right and bless our young people. It just seems like I'm going to say tonight, and I'll say it this morning, I've never in all of my life hated the devil like I hate him today. Oh, that dirty thief and crook trying to steal the most precious possessions we have, our young people, and trying to send them to hell and cause them to lose everything that's decent and right and honorable. And I counseled and counseled and talked until my mind was so weary I could hardly hardly think. And then Friday night... Way into the night, it was almost midnight when I trudged out of the office Friday night, and the problems and the awful sins and the tragedies and the heartaches and the broken lives and people that needed help. And I'd counsel with young people, and I'd close the door, and I got on my knees, and I shouted as loud as I could. I said, Don't you waste my time! Don't you waste my time! What did I mean? I meant young people. I have one life to live, and adults too for that matter. I have one life to live, and I'm giving it to you. God knows I am. I'm giving it to you, and I'm giving it especially to you. When you come in my office, and we talk, and we pray, and I counsel with you, and you go out and turn out to live like the devil and turn back, you wasted my life. Don't you dare waste my life. I only have one life to live. I only have 24 hours a day. Don't you flaunt the advice and counsel I give to you. Don't you turn back. I'll help you. God knows I'll help you till I fall over. But I, I do not want anybody wasting the only life that God has given me. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Stay in the battle for God. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You, John Mark said to Barnabas, I'm not sure how he worded it, but he said, Barnabas, I've got to go back. I'm scared. Paul, I've got to go back. I'm afraid. I'm homesick. I want to go back. I'm broke. Let me say to you college students what I'll say again tonight and what I said last year. 
If you're the kind of wishy-washy coward, if you're the kind of the person who won't stay in the battle, if you're the kind that washes out, if you're the kind that gets discouraged and homesick and becomes a quitter, when you leave the college to go home, don't you come by my office and tell me goodbye. I don't want to see you. Just crawl out of town on your yellow belly. Don't you come by and tell me goodbye. I don't have time to say goodbye to a quitter. John Mark turned back. He betrayed his mother. John Mark turned back. He betrayed his uncle. John Mark turned back. He betrayed his pastor. And John Mark turned back. He betrayed his heritage. John Mark, no doubt, was there that day. Uh, that night they had that prayer meeting. One of the funniest stories in the Bible to me. Peter. Peter was in prison. Church having a prayer meeting, their preacher got out of jail. How'd you think about that, huh? Next Wednesday night, everybody praying, Lord, help the house to get out of jail. <clears throat> I am. So they prayed for Peter to get out of jail, and God answered the prayer and sent an angel. Angel unlocked the door, door opened, Peter walked out a free man. He goes to the house of Mary. That's the place he'd go, but they were having a prayer meeting that Peter'd get out of jail. Peter knocked on the door. A little girl named Rhoda came to the door and said, uh, Peter said, Hey, hello, Rhoda. Rhoda went back in and said to the folks in the prayer meeting, Guess who's at the door? I said, Peter's at the door. They said, Don't bother us. We're praying that Peter will get out of jail. <laughs> she said, Hey, Peter's out of jail. She said, You're running our prayer meeting. Uh, now, don't bother us. We're praying that Peter will get out of jail. Oh, God, get Peter out of jail. Peter's out of jail. He's at the door. Leave us alone. We're praying Peter will get out of jail. And... Uh, John Mark was there that day. He knew the wonderful miracle-working power of God. John Mark had seen a God who could deliver his man from prison and bring him back, as it were, to life again. He sinned against his heritage. Listen to me. Listen. Our brother said a while ago he hadn't been to church for a whole year. Those of you that have been to church every Sunday for a year, and you've seen what God has done in this place, you've seen harlots made pure, and drunkards made sober, and lives transformed all these many, many months now, for the last year, or for these years of our lives, and you've seen what God has done. Let me tell you something. When you turn back, heavy, heavy is going to hang over your head. You're more responsible to stay in the battle than others. Say, oh, I belong to First Baptist Church in Hammond. There is a heavy responsibility that accompanies that privilege. Send against his heritage. There's something else. He sinned against his Jesus. He sinned against his Jesus. And hence he joins Titus, Judas, Naomi, Lot's wife, the rich young ruler, the children of Israel... A long list of quitters. He goes home. He's a coward. He goes home. He's a quitter. He goes home. He's yellow. He goes home. He's homesick. He goes home. He's afraid. He sinned against his uncle, his mother, his pastor, his heritage, and his Jesus. And I don't want to join that group. Doctor, I was, I was reading last night in the Bible, checking the Cruden's Concordance. <coughs> Here's something interesting. I looked up the word quit. Did you know the word quit in the sense of stopping is not even in the Bible one time? Not one time. There's a passage or two that says, Quit ye like men and be strong, but doesn't mean stopping something. It means be manly. In the sense of turning back, in the sense of quitting, 
The word quit is not in this Bible. I'm glad it's not. I'd hate to have to cut out part of the Bible. <coughs> everybody can't preach a sermon, but, 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 but everybody can stick it out. No, everybody can't sing a solo like Roy Tobin, but anybody can stick it out. Everybody can't build a high school and a college like Dr. Billings, but anybody can stick it out. Everybody can't lead a choir like Ray Bordway, but everybody can stick it out. Everybody can't win souls like Fisk, but everybody can stick it out. Everybody can't do the work that, uh, that uh, Helton does, but everybody can stick it out. Every little woman this morning in this service who's a widow, who has graying hair and stooped shoulders and a wrinkled brow and a, and a, and a worried furrow on the brow and wrinkled face, a little woman, a little widow, a poor little woman can stay in the battle and not quit. Something every old man can do is stay in the battle. Every young person can do is stay in the battle. Some are not as pretty as others, but all can stay in the battle. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Nothing that God hates any more than turning back. Quitting. Think I'll quit. Think I'll resign. Think I'll turn back. What do you mean? God knows nothing like that. I've been pastor of this church 14 years. I pastored the Miller Road Baptist Church in Garland, Texas for seven years. I pastored the Grange Hall Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas for three and a half years. I pastored two other churches for shorter periods of time. But not one time in all of my life have I ever wanted this pastor of a church to turn back. No time to quit. Tell you what you're going to have to do. You've got to vote me out or shoot me. Man, if our attendance goes down to 4,000, I'm going to just double up, roll up, take off my coat, roll up my sleeves, and go to work. We're going to get it back up. was a time one Sunday morning 13 years ago this summer when 406 people walked out the doors of this church. But thanks be to God, there was a nucleus of people who said, We'll build it back! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! John Mark, you coward, you! Your mother trains you better than that. Your uncle Barnabas invested his life in you. You're a pastor. Peter won you to Christ and, and got you in the ministry. The heritage you have. The church meets in your house. Your mother's a godly person. How dare you turn back? Why don't you stop and think what you missed? You missed the miracle in Lystra when, when, when Paul was raised from the dead. You missed the midnight vision in Troas. You missed that wonderful, wonderful deliverance from prison in Philippi. You missed that great revival in Thessalonica. You missed the wonderful miracle of God in Carmen. Think what you missed because you turned back. Let me say a few, few words about it. In the first place, one who turns back never rises to his previous potential. Never. Never. You won't find me a single student who's ever quit college and laid out a few years and come back who ever became what he would have become if he had stayed with it. You check your Bible. You look at the quitters. Folks that turned back. Oh, they came back. Take David. He came back, but not like he was before. Take Samson. He came back, but not like he was before. 
Abraham came back, but not like he was before. Jacob came back, but not like he was before. There is a certain sense in which God blesses one who is, who is doing his job on his virgin chance, his first initial opportunity. That young person who never turns back. That young person who never quits. That person who knows not what it is to say, I'm going to stop and turn back and go home. He'll get ten times as much done on the first chance as he will on the second chance. There's something else about it, too. When you turn back, you forfeit untold blessings. Let me tell you a story. In fact, two stories. A little lady came to me not long ago, trembling and weeping. She walked inside my office and she tried to throw her head on my shoulders. I stepped back in order to be proper. But I did shake her hand briefly. She was not being unkind. She was being grace, grateful and gracious. She said, Brother Hiles, all morning, all morning, I've been praising God. And I said, why? She said, I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. I said, what do you mean? She said, 13 years ago, when you first came, the pastor, and there was trouble. And some folks wanted to vote you out because you took a stand and because of the way you preached. She said, I had the best friends I had left this church. And she said, one day I decided to leave, but somehow or other I stayed. And she said, my children have grown up under your ministry. And she said, Brother Hiles, they're, the, they're more than I ever dreamed they would be. And she said, I wonder, oh, I wondered this morning what would have happened if I'd left. What would have happened to my children if I'd left? And then she said, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I stayed! I stayed! I stayed! I got to see what God was going to do and has done here at this great church. I'll tell you another little story. I was walking down. What's the street that goes down to Jack Fox, between Jack Fox and the Cabinet Bank? Fayette Street. I was walking down Fayette one day. The lady walked up to me, and she drugged me over in the alley. I've always wanted to be drugged in an alley by a lady. And she, in that alley there between Jack Fox and the, and the Hammond Times. And she said, I want to tell you something. I thought, good night. I, this won't be very good in my biography. And uh, I said, what is it? And she said, she began to weep. She said, don't you t ever tell anybody. And I wouldn't tell you her name for the world, and nobody has any idea who she is. But she said, several years ago when you first came, and there was the battle, she said, I knew you were God's man. I knew you were God's man. But she said, I went with some of my friends. And she began to weep, and her tears fell on my shoulder. And she said, Dr. Hiles, I've been sorry ever since. My children. She said, I knew I should have stayed. I knew you were God's man. And I'm so sorry. But she said, I can't come back. I'd have to admit some things that my pride won't let me admit. You know one reason why I want to stay around First Baptist for a while? I want to see what's going to happen. The little lady came to me one day and she said, 
do me a favor. I said, what? She said, have a Sunday where nothing happens. I said, why? She said, I want to go to Kentucky some weekend. You heard about up in heaven. A lot of folks up in heaven have balls and chains on their feet. And a fellow went to heaven and said, St. Peter, who are all those people who have balls and chains? And he said, they're from Kentucky. We have to keep them that way to keep them going home for the weekends. She said, Brother Howell, she said, she said, every Sunday something happens. I, I just, I don't want to leave. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's always something happening where God's Spirit is working, God's power is present. You stay. Don't you quit. But you say, I'm homesick. Don't quit. You say, I'm, I'm afraid. Don't quit. A lot of folks have gone forward who are afraid to go forward. A lot of folks have stayed in the battle who were homesick. There's something else that comes when you quit, and that is tragedy. Tragedy. I sat beside the Dead Sea several years ago alone. Some folks were there, but I went out beside the Dead Sea and sat on a little bench beside the Dead Sea alone. And I began to talk to the Dead Sea, and I said, Dead Sea, somewhere down inside there, there's a grave down in in the bottom of you somewhere there's a grave there's a grave of a fellow whose name is was Malan there's another grave beside that one who's, a fellow whose name was Chilean somewhere dead see there are two boys buried down inside you what was once Moab those boys were sons of Elimelech and Naomi Elimelech and Naomi left the will of God. They turned back from Bethlehem of Judah and wandered down to the backslidden place of Moab. And there in Moab they went into sin, and their sons were both taken. Somewhere, old Dead Sea, inside you, there's a man named Elimelech whose body is, has decayed down to the bottom of you somewhere. Elimelech left the will of God and was gone for ten years. His life was taken, family ruined. Life wrecked. Somewhere down in you, old Dead Sea, is the remains of a lady who was married to Lot. She looked back. She turned back. She turned to a pillar of salt. Somewhere down inside you, old Dead Sea, there are a lot of bodies of people whom you wanted to use but who turned back. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you will stay in the battle for God and never turn back, you'll be glad for eternity that you didn't turn. This morning on my desk, and I close with this, this morning on my desk was, was placed a little mimeograph sheet of paper. Let me tell you a story. Two little kids came to our Sunday school named Castro. Castro. Remember how I baptized them? I said, I've been praying for the Castro kids to get saved for a long time. It's that there other Castro down in Cuba. But uh, uh, recall, how many of you recall to baptize the Castro kids? It wasn't long until Mr. and Mrs. Castro came down the aisle and got saved. And they told me why they got saved. Are you listening? Two little bus kids, nine, ten, eleven maybe, eight. Came to our church and got saved. They went back home. They started keeping their rooms cleaner than they did before they got saved. They obeyed their parents better than they did before they got saved. 
Mr. and Mrs. Castro, over here in Illinois, I think in Salt Village, Chicago Heights, somewhere over here. Mr. and Mrs. Castro noticed the difference in their children. And they said there must be something to that First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. And Mr. and Mrs. Castro got saved. Last week, the Castros were in Springfield, Illinois. The two children, the bus children, went out to take a swim in the swimming pool at the motel. And both of them were drowned. They're in heaven today because bus workers wouldn't turn back. I wonder how many kids will die and go to hell because somebody in this room once worked on the buses and turned back. I wonder how many young people will die and go to hell because you Sunday school workers decided that you were tired and weary. Well, let me tell you something, brother. If everybody on this platform that's tired and weary this morning were turned back, we'd all walk out that door. Never had time to turn back. Never quit. Never give up. Stay in the battle. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit, college students. Don't quit, high schoolers. Don't quit, senior citizens. Don't quit, deacons. Don't quit, Sunday school workers. Don't quit, bus workers. Stay in the battle. Don't ever turn back. Anybody can be a yellow-bedded coward and turn back. Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. There's somebody up in heaven hollering amen this morning, and his name is John Mark. Girls, listen to me. I called you down a while ago. You look at me. Yeah, you. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Suppose 14 years ago today, I had yielded to the homesickness for Texas. And turn my back upon the bitterest opposition I've ever known in my life here at this church. Think what may have happened. Think of the churches in America that have been transformed because of this place. Think of the thousands and thousands of preachers whose lives have been completely changed because of this place. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. As the old colored preacher down south used to say, I'm going to stay in the fight. I'm going to fight the devil as long as I've got a fist. I'm going to bite him as long as I've got teeth. And when they're, they're pulled, I'm going to gum him till I die. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Are you like the rich young ruler? You've come to the place where you're thinking about being saved. You're right to the very door of salvation. You've thought about it. And you've wondered, maybe you ought to get saved. You come this morning at the very door of salvation. Don't turn back. He's in hell today because he turned back. As God called you to be a preacher and you've come to the very door of surrender, don't quit. Go forward and surrender. As God calls you to go to a Christian high school, don't quit. As God calls you to leave your home and go to college, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. The road to hell, the road to tragedy, the road to ruin is dotted with Judas Iscariot whose bowels roll down the hill of Jerusalem with wife, uh, Jalot's wife who turned to a pillar of salt to Naomi who walked away from the grave of her two sons and her husband. The path to ruin is, and, and quitting is dotted with quitters. Turn back. Hear the words of our Lord who said, 
He that putteth his shoulder to the wheel and turneth back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. There's no place to rest. There's no place to quit until we feast our eyes upon him. Who set his face like a flint toward Calvary and wouldn't turn back till he could cry, It is finished. Our Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that a sense of determination shall sweep over this building. I pray that perseverance shall fill the hearts of these people. I pray you'd help them to be like the ball carrier on a football team who heads in the line, finds the whole blocks, and takes off around in. But never retreats. Never retreats. Never retreats. Our heads are bowed in prayer and our eyes are closed. Our Savior was tempted. It's not wrong to be tempted to quit. He prayed the prayer and guessed him in his garden, Father, if it were possible. Let this cup pass from me. It's not wrong to want the cup to pass. It's not wrong to look at the, all, the, the dregs of the will of God or look at the bitterness sometimes the will of God carries. It's not wrong to look at the homesickness and say, I wish I could quit. But Jesus went on to say, Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. I'm talking to someone this morning who's been about to throw in the towel. I'm talking to some man this morning who's about to quit. If you do, your boy will go to hell. Your girl will go to the devil. Your family, your children need you to stay in the battle. Or do you want to be a quitter? I'm talking to some college student this morning, so homesick, you just don't think you can live through the day. Okay, then die, but rather die in the will of God than quit. Talking to someone who's afraid to face the day, but don't quit. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Don't turn back. You, like John Mark, shall wish even and wish even in heaven. You hadn't quit. You hadn't quit. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.